You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your speakers and headphones and other stereo equipment. It's part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every day. I am your host, Ryan Andrews of Cheesefromthecouch.com. It's another late night recording episode just because, you know, was uh, was not feeling it immediately after getting back from work and then, you know, just just trying to psych myself up essentially, because I promised on Twitter that this was going to be a positive episode, and I intend to keep that promise. It just will not be talking about the Blue Jays that were on the field tonight. That's the only thing there, because, you know, after that first at-bat by Eric Sogard, it was just kind of downhill from there. So we are not going to focus on the Blue Jays on the field. As I said, we are going to focus on the future because the future is positive for this team. At least we hope. And yeah, that means this will likely be a shorter episode than normal. And I apologize, but I'm going to do my best to bring as much positivity as I can before we go ahead and talk about some of the negative things uh, on tomorrow's episode. So let's start with the recap, essentially, of what has happened with the Blue Jays 2019 draft class. So again, the Blue Jays were taking a few risks. They they did draft a fair amount of sophomores and high school players um, in this draft, which always carries a bit more risk in getting them signed as opposed to drafting juniors and seniors. But so far, the Blue Jays have done a very good job of essentially getting their commitments in and getting uh players in that they took those kind of risks on and the biggest news obviously this week was the confirmed signing of second round pick Kendall Williams they got him to back out of his commitment um I, and and sign which again getting getting a kid who has a chance to be huge and like luring him away from Vanderbilt to do so um, just gives the Blue Jays that one-two punch of the pitching that has a chance of being in that window because that's what this is about. It's about being in that window. Um, so getting Williams to commit was huge and they didn't have to pay a lot of extra money to do so. They gave him a $1.5 million signing bonus as opposed to the 1.4 that he would have been allocated as a second round pick. So we spent about an extra 150,000 
and they've done a very good job of you know getting that money back to kind of pump into other players like they were able to get Tanner Morris to leave Virginia early he was a sophomore there so he very well could have gone back but Morris committed to them he's a guy who could be a power option um and the way they were able to do that is they they got a lot of savings um for their six seven and eight round picks and I liked Cameron Eden anyway, the shortstop out of California. I think he's a really good speed option in the minors. They were able to sign him cheaper. Um, they saved about $350,000 on their slot money on LJ Talley and Angel Camacho, which, um, you know, it helps when you draft a senior like that. You can make a little bit of your money back. But what that allowed them to do is get some of the high school players in that they you know rolled the dice on a little bit um their 10th round pick glenn santiago he was confirmed signed a little over his slot value twenty seven thousand dollars over so that's where that's going and then uh the blue jays got michael dominguez who is a high school righty um they officially got him to decommit from florida state and sign as a 15th round pick so dominguez kind of fits that like stroman profile we didn't really talk about him when we were going through the blue jays draft class last week but again when you're able to kind of connect on those guys and get them in the system early um getting a guy like Dominguez who you can mold a little bit and is very athletic, you know, um, has shown the ability to kind of build up his repertoire as well. Um, like uh, uh, perfectgame.org has a profile on him and they've noted that over the past four seasons, he, he's gained 12 miles per hour on his fastball. So if he can continue to build his frame a little more, um, it could easily go up into the mid nineties and he's got a strong slider as well. So if he's able to develop that, he could be a very intriguing option for the bleaches in the bullpen and to be able to get him to commit this early um, just kind of shows the blue Jays strength in in being an organization that can convince these kids that you know they will be the best option to develop them they got nick neal the the mountain of of a prospect from north carolina the right fielder they got him to commit um another high schooler they took jack sarah lebron also committed so the blue jays were very good at getting their targets the only high schoolers um, they've confirmed are not signing are Braden Halliday, which I mean, of course, and Nate LaRue, who was pretty strongly committed to Auburn and probably wasn't going to make, make that jump to professional ball immediately. Um, and that's not even including Connor Phillips, who hasn't made his intentions known, who, if, the Blue Jays can use some of that extra money they have. Um, 
they have a decent amount left. They have $150,000 or so left. I don't know if that's enough to get Phillips to decommit, but it's showing how well they're kind of playing that market. Um, now, of the two guys that are left in the top 10 that they don't have uh, commitments with, Desan Brown is one, which we'll probably talk to the Canadian, you know, try and lean on those. And then Philip Clark is the other because he can technically go back to Vanderbilt for his junior year and try and bump up his stock a little bit. But so far, the Blue Jays have done a very good job. And like they they have a month to potentially sign these guys. But getting so many of them signed early like this is just a lot easier to manage with. And that means, you know, another wave is set up for the Blue Jays. And again, if they can get Brown, like, or, or Phillips, that would just, you know, complete the package there. So that is a very positive thing for the Blue Jays. We will talk about someone who they already drafted and is already getting some minor league time back in the system right after this break. But first, just a reminder that um, today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. So don't hate like your friend's trip. It doesn't matter that Madison was able to go to the Formula One race in Montreal and completely burn her feet trying to walk across the island and and just get completely lost and not know how to get around the place, but still end up with beautiful pictures and end up finding PK Subban late at night. Um, don't don't hate like that. Just book your own trip with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere you go. So Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. So in other positive Blue Jays news, um, Boba Shett's back, everyone. I, uh, we're a little late on covering this here on the podcast, but you did start swinging the back again. Bat, not swinging the back. Um, you did start swinging again. Uh, last week on the 7th, got into game action against Broward County in the Florida State League. He's playing for Dunedin and was a little rusty initially, but in the four rehab games that he has played since then, and they played a double header um, earlier today um, against Florida, which is, I guess, Kissimmee. So... Um, they played a doubleheader. He went five for eight in that doubleheader since returning to action in the Florida State League. Um, he is now six for 11. That's a 545 batting average. He has five walks, um, three strikeouts. But so far, it doesn't look like the hand's affecting him because he is eating up the pitching down there. So he will likely return to Buffalo very quickly. And uh, Sportsnet Shai Davidi is uh, was reporting that it's very likely in a season that is 
basically lost. I mean, we'll talk about how more lost it was tomorrow. But for now, it is basically a given that Bo Bichette is going to be up with the Toronto Blue Jays at some point this season. And I know a lot of fans have been asking for that. I mean, we've talked about it on here multiple times. And it looks like the Blue Jays are ready to just go all in and build this next-gen infield. Because, like, like if they do end up trading Justin Smoke, which is a possibility. And if they do look at moving Freddie Galvis as well. Because if you have Boba shut up with the, the with this team, I mean, what's Freddie doing? He's not being paid to sit on the bench. So that would give the Blue Jays an infield setup of Vlad Jr., Boba Shett, Kevin Biggio, and Rowdy Telez would take over the first base role. So that is definitely, I think, the infield that the Blue Jays would prefer to see in a season like this. I mean, again, Eric Sogard's been really fun. And I love the glasses. And I love that he managed a homer tonight. But he is not a long-term solution for this team. I mean, that's obvious. He's 33. So getting the kids up and getting them that action early, especially for the batters, because there's less risk of batters kind of losing themselves as opposed to pitchers. If you if you brought up all the young pitchers this year, it would probably not go as well, but it would give Blue Jays fans something to see, which I think is what they need at this point. Just, you know, again, something tangible to hold on to. So... Yeah, that's the other update that Bo Bichette is looking good. He's looking healthy. It looks like the hand's not affecting him. So that is what Blue Jays want to see. And again, we'll probably see him back in Buffalo really quickly. So get your tickets for that while you can. And, you know, while you're doing that, as we come to the end of this episode of Positivity, for the Blue Jays, just a reminder that um, you can get your ticket every day to Locked On Blue Jays by subscribing on your favorite podcast network. We at Locked On recommend Himalaya, which is a free, easy to use podcast streaming service that curates and allows you to interact uh, directly to your favorite creators you can comment on episodes do all that you can just download himalaya from the app store and it's really easy um you can do it on spotify on stitcher on google podcasts apple podcasts wherever you get your podcasts um you can subscribe to locked on jays you can follow locked on jays on twitter instagram and facebook and you can follow me on twitter at neoec18 that's neoec18 And yeah, I will be back again tomorrow after I've had some rest and can fully try and tackle just what the heck happened tonight. I mean, 
in the quest for Emerson Hancock, it was a win for the Blue Jays. But in the quest for competent baseball, it wasn't. So that that's the only bit of negativity, I swear, I think. I don't think I was negative. Um, whatever. It was mostly positive, and that was the point of this episode. And thank you all for listening to said episode. So for everyone at the Lockdown Podcast Network and everyone at jaysfromthecouch.com, uh, I'm still Ryan Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening. And y'all take care. Bye.